Hello and welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. It is our fifth annual Albums of the Year uh, pod. Can you believe it? We have just celebrated our fifth anniversary and we're pushing uh, 200 episodes. So uh, congratulations, brothers. And uh, this year, our top 21 list, um, which we have uh, made a tradition uh, largely because we can't count very well, um, we even is, uh, is kind of all over the place. And still can't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. We, we sponsored you through. Um, but uh, yeah, I think what I would like to do is actually um, just sort of read the back 11 and um, then, you know, talk about some of these records. So 21 was Tomer Affect's All Bets Are Off. 20, Wild Pink, A Billion Little Lights. 19, Water From Your Eyes, Structure. 18, Sam Fender, 17, Going Under. 17, Amel and the Sniffers, Comfort to Me. 16, Weather Station, Ignorance. 15, Julian Baker, Little Oblivions. 14, Jane Weaver, Flock. 13, Bat Fangs, Queen of My World. 12, Aeon Stations, Observatory. And 11 is Lowe's, Hey What. Christian, I just want to ask you first because... um, we have a lot of crossover, but uh, I kind of want to key, uh, key on the ones that we don't, where we don't cross over. Um, Tamar Affleck, uh, not even an artist that I had heard of until uh, they showed up on your list. Uh, give us a give us a little bit of a tutorial. Yeah, I, I wish I were. Uh, I wish I were more of an expert on this artist, but um, she is. Uh, she is. I, I think it kind of holds a place of like a, the Israeli St. Vincent, um, you know, and is, is, uh, like really shreds is, is clearly just a super, you know, uh, proficient player and musician. Um, but kind of has that, uh, like studied approach to, um, to like rock and roll that, that, you know, that, that adds, I think, a, a sort of cool, um, maybe kind of proggy quality or like kind of unexpected quality. Um, but she's got these like jagged ripping guitar riffs, um, that are, that are really a lot of fun. Um, and just has like an incredibly cool voice. So if you put sort of some of the, some of the best guitar stuff that, that St. Vincent's done next to, you know, um, the sort of weird deadpan, uh, accented delivery of, of stereo lab, um, you know, you, you get this kind of, uh, funky and, and I guess unusual sound, which I was, uh, I was, which I found kind of refreshing this year. I'm in. Uh, Jer, you, you had wild pink, you were the only one with wild pink, a billion little lights on your list. Uh, give us, tell us why we were stupid to miss out on wild pink. <laughs> um, cause you guys are stupid. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, it's an album that I kind of caught on early. Actually, when I think you might've floated it out there originally, just as pretty good, Sorry, pretty good sounds a little weak as good. And um, and I tend to like approach this list always, you know, obviously you catch some new stuff at the end of the year. Um, I think we all sort of limped into 21 as we still are kind of trying to limp out of the, the year here at the end. And this was an album that just kind of stayed with me all year. And that's always a, a good indication that it's going to go on my end of year list. So I had this, uh, you know, quite high, which is, probably why it made our, our end of the year 21 list in my, I think, believe top like eight albums. And Wild Pink is a, uh, you know, tr- uh, trio from uh, Brooklyn and Queens. So basically New York. And it's an album that kind of sounds a little bit like out of 
place to me. It's it's um, a little bit of Death Cab for Cutie, a little bit of like uh, War on Drugs or something, you know. It, it, and it has that kind of feel that I think War on Drugs was actually going for this year, which is that uh, you know something that I grew up with and kind of hated, but as you get a little older, kind of come to appreciate a little bit of that like eighties production um, that's mm-hmm. heavily smoothed out. The edges are very smoothed out, but I don't know. I just clean I just room, big snare. Yeah, exactly. And, and I just found this album like really easy to put on and listen to all the way through. Um, but also, you know, catchy and, and good and, and interesting enough. Um, another album that kind of reminded me of it a little bit, but I think this one is better again, was the Howdy album that we all were kind of a little excited for. And I was a bit disappointed when I actually listened to all the way through. So, um, I think the Wild yeah, the singles record, were great. Yeah, the singles were great, exactly. And I think the Wild Pink record, if you guys haven't, you know, popped it on in a while or, or given it a turn, um, I tend to, like, really love albums that I can pop on on, like, a, a Sunday and gloomy uh, New England winter and just sort of play all the way through and uh, enjoy. So um, I think it's a great record. I think it, uh, you know, didn't get on any list that I saw and was a bit underappreciated, maybe because it came out earlier in the year. Yeah, it's interesting. We, I think we, you know, throughout our conversations this year, we've we've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, well, two things really. One was that it was a year of of lockdown albums. So, you know, there was kind of you know the pre- the predominant vibe was kind of low key, and um, very interesting. You know, I, I think, yeah, and I think that's a. I think my listening habits. And I, I think you guys would echo the same thing. My listening habits are different um, when I'm alone or with my wife than I am, you know, when I'm in the car or going places or out and about. Or so I don't have a lot of hip hop this year because I don't think it it was, you know, like I don't listen to a ton of hip hop by myself at home. And I also kind of, uh, and I think you guys would agree. Um, I wasn't just I wasn't super excited about any record this year. I don't feel like a an evangelist for any particular album. I feel like there was a ton of B plus work as opposed to A plus work, um, you know, sort of throughout. And you know, I don't know. Let me well, know I think what you also guys think on that. it reflects in the end of our lists, and we can certainly post our our, our individual list. But you know, if, if anybody's new to our end of the year pod you know we, we we all make it a list including our producer damien and uh we have a scoring system and, and obviously can't count because it's the top 20 that goes to 21 but you know usually i think we're all sort of jockeying a little bit uh internally not competitively necessarily but maybe but just things that we love and like you know maybe one of us isn't as into it or or two of us aren't as into it and we kind of push those to the top or or kind of place them in a place to get those points so we can talk about it here yeah. on our and our combined Game list. The system. Yeah. And um, I think this year we kind of were, you know, I think A or minus the top sort of two albums or five albums or so, our lists are pretty pretty different, you know, compared to some other years. And I think, you know, um, there's definitely like like this that Wild Pink album for instance or or, or the um Christians went over, like those are albums that weren't even on you know, you guys' lists or, or vice versa, our, our list, win and I's list versus on Christian. So I think that's unique to this year versus others. I don't know if you guys agree or what. Yeah. Well, I, I want to, you know, bring up one of Christian's because it was uh, a band who I think would be higher on my list had there not been a uh, um, worldwide pandemic. And that's Amal and the Sniffers because I had tickets to see them 
uh, a month after the lockdown. Obviously, I've never seen them. Um, and I think I would, you know, you always sort of have a sort of proprietary, proprietary sense of bands that you've seen early on. Um, and I had tickets to see them at Great Scott, where uh, a club that um, was was actually uh, closed permanently by the pandemic. So tell me, tell me what about the album you love, Christian? Yeah, I think um, Comfort to me is is you know another great uh, installment in their in their catalog, and um, I you know this is a this is the band's second album, and I think um, was was produced actually by uh, the Courtney Barnett um, collaborator uh, Dan Luscombe, and sort of part of you know I, I think they're they're pretty uh, deeply enmeshed in that that sort of Melbourne scene, but. Um, you know, this is a this is a pretty like rough and tumble, fun punk rock band that um, you know has has not I I, I wouldn't say changed uh, dramatically um, from from their first to their second album, um, but it's fun as hell and it's you know uh, it's it's a it's a lead singer who is Amy Taylor who who I think is just like just a fucking rock star she is um and like you know she just she knows how to look like she's having a really good time on stage um and uh and i think that's that kind of infectious like yeah but it um i i think the especially just sort of that that like sweaty like punk rock like you know just packed venue um is just really something that that you know we haven't had a chance to enjoy in the same way uh, in, in kind of a while now. So um, hopefully it comes back. Yeah, it's funny. I I, um, I would say, and and I you know I'm not a, a ma- social media maven um, given my age, uh, but I am I am endlessly impressed with their social media presence. And in fact, would say that they were the best rock and roll band on. Uh, those platforms had I not discovered the armed uh, <laughs> in the last nine months and and uh, really gone to town on on uh, on you know researching them given their uh, album Ultra Pop which Jeremy and I both have on our top twenty um, it is it ended ended up as the number five overall but that is one fucked up art experiment that um, I highly highly recommend. A seeing live, and uh, B doing a deep dive on in the media. They are absolute, you know, sort of. Uh, um, they're absolutely, you know, renegade when it comes to um, just fucking with uh, people's perceptions. And uh, they took the uh, they unlike me and probably you guys, uh, they took the lockdown, the two year. Um, lock in to uh, get extremely buff collectively and it's uh, produced really amusing results. I, I do think Ultra Pop's a great um, album by the arm this year and um, just read interviews and, and live and you know check out YouTube clips of their live show to, uh, to amuse yourself because they are they get it and they're funny and um, I think like Amel and the Sniffers they're just you know they're just pros when it comes to uh performance yeah i um <laughs> it's funny because like i was just when when christian was talking about amal and the sniffers i'm like oh man they have like my favorite instagram page you know and you kind of 
jumped on that win. And then the armed, I actually came to the music first. Like I just had seen the name and, and was listening to them and, and um, having, I guess, grown up prime, you know, and being sort of my early music years in the late nineties um, and mid actually entire nineties, you can say, but the industrial sound of the band, I really liked right away. You know, it's sort of, I think you said like nine inch nails with a sense of humor win at some point. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I kind of like the height of industrial and, the, and which also came very much, you know, in, in my mind from that Midwest and Chicago and, and uh, wax tracks and, and all that kind of world. And when that sound is done right, it's just a really like aggressive, powerful. Uh, yeah, but also with a bit of like club to it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's really powerful and, and always has kind of like an underground <laughs> club sound and, and uh, you know, or, or very German sound or whatever you want to call it. But so I love the fact these guys are from Detroit. And then you kind of filled me in on like, oh, check out their backstory and, and you know, the bodybuilding, the never like telling the same thing, you know, same story twice on 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 uh, interviews ne and, and just never admitting to who's in the band. Yeah. Is that the band is live? I, I think you had sent over an Adult Swim clip that you can look up on YouTube of, of them playing, and and it's uh, what a perfect combo, Adult Swim and, and the Arm. I think it's a really fun record. I'm super stoked to see them live, and um, yeah, I, actually musically, I agree. I, th I think the band is is really good. I don't know, Christian, if you had a chance to, to check them out much, but it's it's uh, it's fun. When are you seeing them live? I'd love to. Are they, are they on tour now? or? Uh, I believe they are going on tour. I don't I have not seen, but I will be the first person in line to get tickets to that. Um, like I said, I'm not very good at the internet, so I will literally be the first person in line. Um, <laughs> but uh, another band, you know, speaking of propriety and hometowns and... Um, you know, Turnstile is from uh, your college town, Christian. Uh, you were more familiar with them than we were. We were new to them this year, um, but all of us, I think, collectively like it a lot. And uh, another band that looks fucking spectacular live. Uh, what do you What do you know about Turnstile? They sure do. Yeah, I mean, they they got started just around the time that I was finishing up college there, um, actually, and. You know, I think uh, definitely got their got their start as sort of more of a um, uh, more of a hardcore band. Like, I mean, there was a pretty there was a pretty good hardcore scene that was kind of uh, that was kind of bubbling up in, in Baltimore at that point. And um, you know, the, these guys got going, I guess, in two thousand eleven or twelve, and released a bunch of EPs as as hardcore bands are want to do, um, and uh, and ultimately. Um, this, I think sort of evolved into something that's that's uh, much more. I don't want to say. Um, I, I I don't want to say mainstream or conventional, but I think it's dialed down some of the um, maybe the hardcore aspects that would be prohibited for a lot of listeners, and it's become more of a more of a rock album, right? I um, think any any the, hardcore band that learns to play their instruments well becomes a non-hardcore band eventually, you know. Yes, um, and I think the ones who, uh, yeah, I would say that's right. I mean, you know, there are obvious exceptions to that, and, and like, a band like Converge are all kind of, um, you know, like, are incredibly talented musicians and, and you know, are never going to, um, like, step outside of that sort of mold. But I think um, that, that's definitely, uh, there's too much of a penchant for, for like, melody, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, they, they're kind of going to write pop songs, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so, uh, and, and that's sort of what I think they've done here. And I think they're, um, similarly, it's, it's like, it's cool to see them sort of build a, a profile for themselves and, and, um, you know, have just a rock solid, I think, Wyndham, you were saying, uh, rhythm section. Oh God. Um, yeah. They're sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're a lot of fun and, uh, definitely something I'd recommend. We've talked about them a few times now, I think on, um, on our, what are you listening to episodes? Mm. Well, I just want to, uh, and I want to, um, tap one of my own favorites this year, my number two and collectively our 14th, um, album, best album of the year is uh, Jane Weaver's flock. Um, she was on my list two years ago and didn't make the uh, top 20, um, because, uh, I don't think I advocated it emphatically enough, but, um, I really love Jane Weaver. I love what she's doing. She was, um, you know, again, to reference, uh, uh, a band that you mentioned earlier, um, she's got a very, a very sort of stereo lab, um, mid, early mid nineties kind of trip, you know, kind of, uh, Portis heady kind of feel. And, um, the reason for that is that she was actually there in the early 90s in bands in England that were um, trying to break. She's from Manchester. She is, um, and I, you know, I salute her for putting out great records into her well into her late 40s. Um, but you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Charlotte Gainsbourg a few years ago when she put out Deadly Valentine, which I still think is probably one of the top five songs of the last 10 years. Um, with uh, Jane Weaver, she's you know put out Heartlow as the uh, single off this record, and it's just a just a sweet piece of melodic pop music that I, I think um, sadly not that many people will hear, but um, you know I'll bang the drum for it all day. I think Jane Weaver is a, an incredible artist, and uh, I'm I'm psyched because she's almost as old as I am. Yeah, you've been uh, promoting her for a while. <clears throat> yeah. The other, another one that I think we all want to, uh, we should all probably talk about is something that came out last week, so we haven't had a lot of time to sit with it, but Aeon Station, uh, Kevin Whalen's record, uh, Kevin Whalen of uh, the Wrens, and actually his brother. And Johnson Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and Jerry McDonald, the drummer. Um, so it's basically three quarters of the Wrens. Um, obviously the quarter that's missing is the quarter we miss as much as any. Uh, Charles Bissell, who um, you know is really a driver in that band, and without getting, without having any opinion on on uh, on what did or didn't happen uh, that we don't know about, um, I do think Aeon Station's Observatory is worthy of of you know our uh, our laurels. You know, I think it's a really good record, and um, you know, sort of back to front, and it sounds. You know, it's going to sound familiar to anybody who loves Meadowlands, but, uh, um, you know, 20 or, you know, what is it now, 18 years in the making. Um, what do you guys think of, of uh, Aeon Station's Observatory? I like it. I think there's some, so I, it's, it's incredibly familiar, right? Um, and that's, uh, you know, partly, I think, um, the fact that we got to listen to the... Uh, uh, pieces of the, the record in the making a couple of years ago um, last time we, we saw Charles and I think it, it's it's kind of it 
it feels like, you know, it's it's a lot of pieces of it are kind of the album that, that we were all hoping were, were going to come out and come together. So I, I think um, it, it just speaking sort of objectively about the music, I, I think, yeah, it's it's right in that lane. It's um, it's a lot of the stuff that I, I wanted from the runs. Um, and I think it's uh, yeah, it, it deserves a lot of credit for that. Jerry, are you surprised that you liked it? I am actually, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it could have gone either way in my mind. And um, like, look, I, I think Kevin's great. And I, I think as a band, you know, and it's got to be hard to have sort of two songwriters and things like that. And I, you know, it's just hard to talk about it without talking about the Rens. I'm not going to go into it much. There's a great New York, New York Times article um, on this breakup and, and on the album. And I think it's a band that like, you know, I don't always seems smaller and bigger at the same time the wrens right like the yeah. people who love them fucking love them and the nobody else knows who the hell they are right so um like if they were touring right now it'd still be at places like great scots or you know what i mean so but at the same time like i yeah i, I think like it actually made me go back and appreciate the fact that like i love some of his songs already you know like songs like hopeless and songs off secaucus and things like that and and it it shouldn't surprise me, you know, when I kind of really think about it. And I think the other thing too is like, and when I think you and I were kind of chatting about this, like there's an orchestration aspect here that, um, that I don't think I ever gave him credit for with the Wrens. I think, you know, even, uh, Kevin Whelan said that like, you know, Charles is sort of the genius and I'm like kind of, you know, I can play any, that he's the guy who could play anything. Right. And, um, I didn't know that like, he also just really is, is, is fantastic at putting together um, sort of epic kind of songs. Like it kind of reminds me a bit of like uh, uh, Super Tramp or something in the sense like that it's like this like very like built on, you know, every song sort of builds on. Layered. Yeah, an epic kind of like crescendo. Um, I can't help but kind of love miss the the yin and yang of those two together obviously I, I think anybody would be full of shit if they didn't like feel like that a little bit but i'm i'm pretty stoked that it's a good album it's an album that i'm going to continue to listen to and an album that like has already grown on me you know from first listen um i think also i can't remember if it was you christian or win but somebody kind of said there's not really like a, a jump out track on it like it's not a single yeah. you know that really sticks out there's no but, earworm i don't no. bums me out yeah, it doesn't bum me out necessarily, but it's definitely an album that has to be taken in as a whole, you know? And yes. as a whole, there isn't any also anything that I'm like, ugh, like I can't hear that song again, you know? I think everything yep. is, is pretty damn good on it. Yeah, it's, it's hard kind for of... me to remember what, what the runs were like the first time I heard them, but I kind of feel like I might have had the same experience. I agree, um, yeah. Like, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that the first time I listened to that band, I was like, oh man, this is like the standout single, and like, it grabbed my attention. I think it actually took a few listens, and then I was like, holy shit, like, you know, these guys understand texture and layer better than like anybody Yeah, else. it was the sort of song no. within and I, I think song that you were like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you realize that like you're listening to one drum part, and like there's an entirely different you know melody kind of sneaking up like on a piano somewhere deep within the song, and it's just it, it like it just takes you into a lot of different places. Um, yeah, I think the and secret, I think this has some of the same qualities. I think the secret weapon on this is Jerry McDonald, um, the drummer. I think the drumming on this is is phenomenal, and you know an underrated element of the Wrens. Um, was sort of his muscular drumming. Um, 
always. But, uh, you know, I do think, too, you know, I think you're right. It's like there is songs within songs. And I actually read, you know, went down to the comments section of, of someplace and somebody had pointed out that... Um, that the first song on the album is actually the middle section of an old Ren song. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, and that's, I mean, if you've seen the Ren's line, which we all have, you see that in concert, too. They do that a lot, and they kind of always start shows with a little bit of, like, a, you know, strange kind of, like, reworking of a song that you're pretty familiar with. And, and yeah, a really good point, Christian, because I actually, because it was, like, you know, getting hit by a bolt of lightning for me, I love that album so much, I totally remember when I did finally crack Meadowlands and it was like on the L riding to work in Chicago and, and, you know, I I just had bought those CDs and it was the third favorite out of like three CDs I bought at the same time, Broken Social Scene and My Morning Jacket and Renz I bought like all at the same time and, and, uh, it was the one I couldn't get into, (laughs) you know, out of the three and then all of a sudden was like, holy shit, like this is amazing. So yeah, no, I think it... I think rightfully so. It's it's on our end of year list, and and I'm I'm psyched that it's here. You know, I think I not because it's like one of those forced things. I'm actually like I genuinely am excited that we all liked it and that it's a good record. And it's just because I have like a huge appreciation for this band. Like I've said before, like I, in a weird way, they sort of spoke to me when I was you know 28 and spoke speak to me when I'm 45. And in, in a way, a lot of bands don't. Yeah, and I think they've been. I mean, it, they've always been very kind personally to us too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, friends. yeah, but I think they're, uh, I think they're an amazing group of people. So that's a, you know, that's a good, it feels good. Um, uh, one of the, so I'm going to actually just read the top, or if, you know, I'm going to just going to read the top 10 and, and, uh, throw out some more, um, uh, bits of, uh, you know, a couple more opinions, but uh, number 10 on our list collectively is Turnstiles Glow On. Number nine is Westfield, New Jersey's own Nation of Language, A Way Forward. Uh, number eight is Tyler, the Creators, Call Me If You Get Lost. Number seven, uh, Sierra Farrell's Long Time Coming. Number six, Illuminati Hotties, Let's Do One More. Uh, number five, uh, the aforementioned Armed Ultra Pop. Number four uh, is us um, obeying every other critic's list and putting dry cleaning, new long leg on. Number three, uh, the victims of consistency and greatness, Parquet Courts, Sympathy for Life. Number two, a band that nobody's ever heard of uh, who truly actually paid us to uh, put them on the list, but... um, (laughs) All joking aside, we love them, and they're awesome local band, uh, Kittner, Shake the Spins. And number one was the first ever Brother, Brother, Brother consensus number one pick this year, uh, former punks, uh, Danish band Ice Age, Seek Shelter. So, um, I don't know, I don't know much about Kittner, other than uh, that they owe us four bucks for putting them on the list, but I do really like this band, and to me... It's kind of like a, uh, for whatever reason, they really, really remind me of like a, a slightly toned down, less antic Titus Andronicus. Um, what, what, Jer, what you were, you had them on your list. Actually, you both had them on your list. What do you guys think of, of our, uh, our new discovery, Kittner? I like it. it. It's, you know, it's like a, it's like a boozy bar crawl. Um, it has 
like elements of music. It's actually one of those albums, kind of like the on station a little bit. It's a little bit surprising to me, you know, like it, it has pieces that are very familiar, like replacements, you know, um, bright eyes, Titus, uh, you know, kind of stones, right. Like things that are, that are very like, that I, I'm going to like no matter what pretty much because I, I like that sound. But I also find the feel of the album, the female backing vocals, the like, you know, kind of twists and turns of the songs to be really, really uh, good and really intricate and, and kind of surprise me every time I kind of take a listen. And then the subject matter, you know, for, you know, I guess two certainly middle-aged guys and, and Christian, you're, you're coming up there on our tails there. Um, you know, it, it's a night out with all of us, like even well into our middle age and pre too, you know, I mean, the subject matter is, is very familiar, right? Like going to see bands, drinking in dive bars and, um, and kind of like just feeling shitty about yourself the next morning or about, you know, a fight with your girlfriend or whatever. And, um, and, and has that sort of exhaustion that I, I'm always drawn to because I'm always, I guess, exhausted, but like, I, uh, I think it, it hits all those notes, but then some, and so like, it's a band that, yeah, they're from Boston where when and I currently reside. So I, I do tend to root for bands, you know, local bands, things like that. Just like, you know, we all do. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, I find it like day on station to be su su like even surprisingly better every time I listen to it. So yeah, I, I take. have to assume they took their name from, uh, that little Alex who uh, sadly was eaten by a shark in 1975. Poor, poor Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, whose mom, uh, you know, who's still, whose mom is still the abiding, um, you know, mystery of Jaws, which is, you know, how did that 60-year-old woman have an in, have an eight-year-old <laughs> son? Uh, but um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're fans, and um, I will uh, look forward to collecting our four bucks when we uh, see them live. Um, sooner or later. Um, see, uh, I guess, you know, I guess it's right to, uh, since it was all of our number ones to, you know, sort of have a group chat on Ice Age. Um, it was an early album came out, I believe in March. Uh, I wasn't expecting much cause I hadn't loved them in the past. I was kind of interested that they had always been critical favorites because I never really heard it in them. And then they came out and the first song, on the album um, "Shelter Song," which is uh, you know, you know, more or less the title track, um, just blew my doors off. I love that song. That is the one, you know, with a us complaining a little bit about the um, the lack of of you know really enthusiastic love for any one particular album this year. That is one song that I've had on repeat for the last nine months. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Seek Shelter. See, why don't you go? Look, I think it was uh, I think it was our, our consensus number one for for a reason. You know, these these speaking, I think uh, of punk bands that that develop like a certain tightness and and um, really kind of impressive uh, musicianship, like from just a lot of playing um, and and really translating complicated songs into good live performances, um, you know, and then the fact that, like, they're not, 
I, they were damn good when they showed up 10 years ago, um, and then and everybody was 17 or 18, right, um, or 18 or 19 maybe, um, and, uh, and it, I think they've only tightened up and, and gotten better and, and started to write songs that happen to, um, you know, that, that happened to uh, really kind of grab my attention. So I think this was, this was also um, not, I mean, it was clearly a sort of deliberate uh, step in a new direction for them. And I think it was, it wasn't it recorded with um, Pete Kember from Spaceman 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Sonic I, Boom. you know, I think like, yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of, Kind of a step back toward the early '90s, like British um, sound that that I think they just they capture incredibly well. Um, it sounds like they'd be perfect on stage next to, uh, you know, next to Blur and Oasis and Glastonbury or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they have you uh, two kind of aspirations. Um, you know, I think they're they're arena. I'm, right? I'm a sucker for anybody who's like unapologetic about trying to make arena rock. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's what I've always liked about the killers. Yep. And I think yeah, too, I think, you know, it's it's funny because they're, I mean, they're Danish. Obviously, uh, Scandinavians have a that is facility funny. with you know the English language <laughs> known for, known for their humor. <laughs> yes, but they do have a facility for English language. I mean, you know, everybody. Um, but it, you know, the fact that it is their second language is pretty impressive. I remember Jeremy at first not really liking. Um, uh, one song. What was the? What's the, uh, the the fourth track on the record? Um, I'll look it up while you're talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I just I loved the line, like it just, you know, it's such a great rock and roll line. Uh, it was just, and it's delivered with such venom. But every man is someone's successor. Um, and I was like, wow. Vendetta, I think, was the song. By the way. Vendetta, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, that is a that's a killer line. Yeah. yeah, I think, um, I think, like you said, it was, I think, at the, I don't know if you guys ever have this, like at the end of the year, you sort of like almost, you almost want like something newer, or at least I, I have that feeling mm-hmm. sometimes, like I'm kind of like, yeah, I can't put that as my number one, because it was, you know, we even did a pod when the album came out, because I think we were, we were pretty excited about it, and um, <laughs> I also didn't see it on like any list, by the way, but, um, but that said, like, yeah, I just kind of go back to it, and, and, and I, I really like it. And I think you're right when, like, it's not a perfect record by any means. It's, um, you know, certainly kind of top-heavy at the very least. And um, and I think kind of suffers a little bit, like, you know, kind of middle middle section there. But I think it has five in, great songs on it. Yeah, exactly, which is a lot, you know, and for anybody. And, this, and the great songs, though, are really, really great, you know. And, and I, mm-hmm. I totally agree with Shelter Song is just like... It's a you know everything that I loved about bands like Primal Scream and and you know um, kind of that English Happy Mondays people like that kind of jammed into one better song almost you know than those guys ever even created and and uh, and it's just a it's a really just kind of also has that feel of a bit of exhaustion and and you know yeah. which I think everybody collectively I think our entire list probably has that to some degree but. Um, Minus uh, Turnstile and, and The Armed, who are, you know... The Armed, up I don't think, ever get exhausted. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a definite... It's a it's a killer record for those who, who enjoy that kind of, like, over-the-top, you know... And, again, I know they're not from Britain, but sort of British sensibility of, of kind of 
taking, you know, uh, traditional rock and roll and, and, and blue R and B and, and kind of putting it through maximizing it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a great record. And, and uh, yeah, it's kind of surprised. I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised that we all had the same theory because usually there's something a little, somebody's going to throw something in the mix there. That's different. Yeah. I am. Um, and I'm comfortable with that uh, being our number one record this year. I think it's, I think it's deserving. And um, it, it um, yeah, it has a, it's just big and badass and really good. And Jaren and I have tickets to see them in March. And I'm yeah, and I've got a spare one for it, Christian you know, if you can make it up. Oddly enough, you know, they're playing at the Sinclair in Cambridge, which is a, you know, good, great club. But, um, you know, I would, you know, the, they have a sound that's built for, you know, the arena. Definitely. And I think this it, album kind of came out to some hoopla and, and, and maybe just wasn't sustained because they didn't get that U.S. tour right afterwards. Yeah, they might be playing, uh, you know, theater. They might be on theater dates if they had been able to tour earlier. Anyway, um, well, that's our that's our year end. Um, let's take a quick break and come back and end this thing like we end every, like we end it all always. <laughs> shitty year <laughs> um and uh good riddance 2020 and 2021 um let's uh end this the way we end every podcast uh christian with asking christian what he's listening to and then having him kick it to somebody else because he hasn't prepared <laughs> i have an answer this time uh 
Neil Diamond, Holly Holy. Ooh. Wow. So you're not listening to anything. No, I'm just putting a song straight on the playlist. I wasn't listening. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you are a late you're a latecomer to Neil. Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, just getting around to this, but um, I mean, the answer to what am I listening? What, what I'm listening to is is Neil Diamond. It's like uh, it's a new, um, it's a thing that I've managed to avoid my entire life, and then finally got like something clicked into place, and I was like, wow, this is just it, it's it's such like almost comic balladry. Um, also, but, like, one of the great, really good, one of the great needle <laughs> drops of all time, in. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, when they play uh, Neil, it's um, it's a great, it's it's just good. It's um, you know, and he just uh, it's it's a great piece of placement. What was the scene? I'm sorry. What was the scene? Uh just watch the movie. I can't remember. <laughs> watch all four hours of the movie, and it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I've watched it. I don't think I've seen it five yeah, times. I agree. And I am a huge Neil Diamond fan. I came to him in, like, uh, I think early college, high school, and, and good call, Christian. He's somebody that I, too, was just like, uh, no. And then I, think I came I to him from Solitary Man, and I was like, this is a pretty good song. And then, like, went in deep. Yeah, you came to him via uh, Chris Isaac. Yeah, that's right. Chris Isaac's covered Solitary Man. I was like, this is actually a good song. And um, Yeah, I and come then, to you know, him and then from... I, and then I, you know, Shiloh touched my heart, and I just have been a fan ever since. Uh, yeah, I came to them um, more honestly in the uh, back of our divorced mom's uh, <laughs> Forty Cano line in, in nineteen seventy four. Um, but that was, you know, he has been on heavy rotation in my life. Did, did that a track come with the car? Yeah, <laughs> um, <definitely>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> or or like, it definitely came with the divorce. Yeah. It definitely did. Yeah, no, it was. It was like, uh, yeah, it was. It's your first. It's your first date <laughs> post divorce. Your first car. <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure if that tape. I'm not sure if the eight track is removable from <laughs> the stereo yeah. in the Ford Econo line. Um, yeah, hot August night. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that's great, Jared. What are you listening to? You know, I, I'm just gonna throw out a couple of things from 2021 because. Uh, I think we we sort of rehash, you know, I don't have anything brand new, although um, you guys did chat up Station Eleven, so I started that last night, but it was kind of late, and turned it off, I like it so far. But um, I'm just going to give a, a post, or pass shout out to White Lotus again from um, HBO and, and Mike White. I, I still, that show, I, I thought was fucking flawless, which is rare. Um, I'm going to also say, like, in... in terms of like I think everybody buzzed about that show and it was amazing the same way everybody is buzzing about Succession which I, I really thought was a piece of shit this year and um, and so I think Mike White deserves tons of credit that I, I can go back and watch that anytime it was so well done and so well constructed and then um, I know when you have been proselytizing Franzen's book Crossroads so I'm not going to go into detail but I uh, recently have had time to read again and, and kind of cracked the code of like just picking it up and, and getting, jumping in, and, and so glad I have. So um, those are some it's of great. My, my favorite things for 21. When? Uh, I am going to, I'll, I will second your uh, advocacy for both Crossroads and, um, and White Lotus, my two favorite pieces of pop culture this year. I have, um, Station Eleven is excellent. Please watch it. But uh, my 
one of the funnier things I've watched recently is a, a very, very small-scale TV show from England called Motherland, which I first heard about uh, via Chris Ryan's recommendation uh, from The Ringer. And um, I have to say, it's, you know, it's a Sharon Horgan production, and it has, it's just about mums at the playground and, uh, and you know, kind of upper middle class London, and it's really fucking funny. Um, you'll recognize a number <laughs> of the actors from being in every British show ever. Um, oh, yeah, Anna Maxwell, right? Yeah, and Lucy Punch. Anna um, Maxwell Barton, sorry, her, her full name. But yes, she's in, uh, she's in everything. Yeah, Lucy Punch is is awesome, but it's it's it is very very funny, and um, uh, I'm digging on it. So um, that is my those are that's that's what I'm watching. That's what I'm listening to. And uh, Christian's already put a uh, song on the playlist. So Jer, what do you want to put on the playlist? You know, I'm gonna go with um, in in honor of Isage's um, Ice Age's uh, Seek Shelter. I'm gonna go with "Moving On Up" by Primal Scream. Next to it's a great, oh, nice. great single. Nice, because I just thought I got my lunch stolen. I'm gonna put on uh, "Shelter Song" by Ice Age. Nice. And All right. We'll do it. Well, uh, happy holidays. Next year. Happy New Year. Enjoy. And, uh, Enjoy your math and your spreadsheets, Christian. It's Sunday, and uh, I'm gonna go watch football and drink beer. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Talk soon. Talk to you guys later. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.